Hey everyone, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast, episode number 11. This week, I only have one person with me, the co-host, the hostess with the mostest, Mr. Alfred. Yeah, the the hostess with the mostest. The hostess with the most. Totally unoriginal. (laughs) I don't know whether or not that's insulting to be called the hostess, but I'll... I'll take it. <laughs> the hostess. That, I mean, I'm emphasizing that part. No, I understand <laughs> that you're emphasizing that part. I just don't know if I should be flattered or not. You should be flattered. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it. There was a bunch of stuff that happened in the past week. Uh, not a whole lot with Zelda. However, because we have the Zelda Informer podcast, I like to make sure our very first topic has something to do with Zelda. And so we're going to start with something that was recently announced, releasing in Japan, Zelda's 30th anniversary collection music thing. Uh, It's a two-disc music collection that features songs, music, something or other, from 15 Zelda games. trying to open. Of course, now my links won't open, so I'm going to have to go to Zelda Informer and actually find it. Not that hard. I made the post. Uh, So the... Every game in the mainline series, so none of the spinoffs, uh, not the CDI games, but every you know game in the mainline Tingles series, Land? yeah, that's a spinoff, oh, um, <laughs> is represented in this soundtrack in some form, except for Oracle of Ages, the Minish Cap, and Four Swords. So every other game in the series is represented, including like original releases and remakes. So that's uh. Yeah, that's interesting. That happened. That's a thing. <laughs> it's only releasing in Japan right now. And outside of, I, I think outside of a brief mention uh, right before E3 started, this is really the first thing Nintendo has done for the 30th anniversary of the series. Which is more than we could say for the Metroid's thirtieth anniversary. No, no, the Metroid. They, they shut down wow. the fan project for the anniversary. That was. Oh, like I know. We're, we're gonna get to that later. No, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in talking about this amazing CD that we know nothing else about, uh, it kind of made me think. This is the year of the thirtieth anniversary for Zelda, for Metroid, etc., uh, and they really haven't done anything for it. Uh, obviously this is the first thing happening for Zelda. Now I made an argument, uh, in an editorial I wrote, I think I wrote it last year, actually, that Nintendo shouldn't do anything for Zelda's 30th anniversary because it's only been five years since the last time they did a big blowout. Um, and if they're going to do it every five years, then it's not that special anymore. That makes sense. Um, so I'm kind of happy they haven't done anything to be honest. Uh, but at the same time, it would have been nice if, like, the day of the 30th anniversary, if they just would have put out, like, a tweet, happy 30th. <laughs> I mean, this is their series, after all. We put out a tweet. We did more than a tweet. Like, I... <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's it's just odd. Because, I, th- I mean, for Mario's 30th, there definitely was an all-out theme for that. I mean, where's our 8-bit Link Amiibo? Where's our year of... Link. You're... <laughs> oh, poor Luigi. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, Alfred. Like, what are you? What are you thinking here? Like, they haven't done anything for the 30th anniversary for Zelda besides this disc, which might not ever come out outside of Japan. Like, are you bothered by this? Um. See, part of me, 
when I initially saw this, I was like, okay, yeah, Japan's getting another exclusive collector's soundtrack. They did this with, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Super Mario Galaxy soundtracks only came out in Japan. Yeah, I don't think there's a way right. to yeah. I don't think there's a way to buy those in America. Um, and I actually I there think is a way those... to illegally download it. <laughs> yeah, and I may or may not have them, but <laughs> I think those were uh, Club Nintendo of Japanese or of Japan um, exclusives. So take that how you will. What I would have expected from this is that hey, we know that right now my Nintendo rewards kind of suck. Here's a 30th anniversary Legend of Zelda to convince you to spend points and to buy games and um, do all this stuff that we know that you're probably not, you know, using right now. Um, I love that you brought up my Nintendo. I have not <laughs> checked it since the day I signed up for it. Yeah, neither have I. The only the only thing that I've used that for so far has been to get the uh, Twilight Princess Picross. Yeah, I was going to get that, and then I just never got enough points, and I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I just don't yeah, care. I, I'll get it when I get it. It's there's there's a lot to be desired with that, but I imagine I, what I thought when they were like, "Oh, well, we're going to improve the reward system." I was like, "Okay, cool. This is going to be something that I could see them doing." Apparently, it's not. Um, <laughs> I think they're the... going to in uh, uh, the the late Satoru Iwata, uh, Iwata sorry mentioned that uh, a long time ago about like a, a loyalty program. Um, where, like, if you keep buying Nintendo games, you can get future Nintendo games cheaper. And you can kind of do that. Yeah, you can kind of do that with the My Nintendo program. I think uh, that's going to be really expanded on X. Like, I think we haven't really seen anything from My Nintendo program because we're just getting the backbone of it. And yeah. with NX, like, that's when everything's going to happen because they're trying to transition everything to this universal operating system and... But here's the uh, problem with the way that my Nintendo functions right now. And I know this is a little off topic, but I'll, I'll bring it back well, in a second. Well, it's okay. Um, is the only way you can register games is if you buy them through the eShop. So you can't actually get points for, say, like I went out and I got um, a while back Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE. Um, my fiance nice. bought that for me. Um, love Good the game. Up. But Good pickup. It doesn't count towards my my Nintendo points because I didn't buy it off of the eShop, um, which I think is a very flawed system uh, for keeping track of points. Because you know, as much as the uh, inserts inside the the DS cases and the Wii cases and the Wii U cases were a little bit of a hassle, a little difficult of a thing to keep track of, it was still a better system. You felt more rewarded for buying games physically, and sure. one of the bigger turnoffs for buying a game digitally on the wii u or the 3ds is that they really don't have a lot of space to keep all these games like i had to clear <laughs> off a bunch of stuff just to download darksiders 2 so sure there's it's like okay well you have to download like one game at a time because then you have to delete the other one or buy a new sd card um <laughs> it's a big hassle so there's right now there's not enough of an incentive to use my nintendo because there's not a lot of ways to get points towards my nintendo um and there's not a lot of rewards for it that being said um looking at the cd from what I'm imagining, not that I don't think that Nintendo would put in the effort for this, I just don't think that they did. I think it's literally going to be songs ripped straight from the games and put directly onto the soundtrack. I don't think that I they're agree. going for a full orchestral soundtrack like one of our commenters said. I wish they'd make all the songs fully orchestrated, and I'm like, that would be great. Which, that would be wonderful. It kind of... 
I mean, they're charging $30 USD, you know, however many yen that was, Yeah. Uh, for this. So, like, it, it's not cheap. And I, I agree with you. If you actually look at Nintendo's history of releasing soundtracks, uh, they're just rips from the game. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't a bad thing, because, yes, you can go on YouTube and many other places and listen to soundtracks. Technically, that's all illegal. <laughs> Nintendo hasn't done anything about it. They've done things about other stuff, though. <laughs> More uh, on that later. Um, yeah, I I guess the only thing I could hope for the 30th anniversary is that they release this CD in the West somehow, some way. Um, I doubt it. Maybe they'll include it as like a pre-order bonus for Breath of the Wild next year. I think that'd be kind of lame. But that's um, isn't that what they did with Skyward Sword? I don't Although know. Those, that was a good I, CD. They, they better have some insane pre-order stuff for Breath of the Wild. Um, not only because it's probably an NX launch game and, like, the biggest Zelda game they've ever made. Um, the Wind Waker HD, you could get, like, a Ganondorf figure. Mm-hmm. So I expect something better than that. And that was really cool. Um, and I know they're going to cop out and it's just going to be, you can get an amiibo with the game. Um, but they do that so often, it doesn't really feel special anymore Hey, to me. If, if they don't charge you for the amiibo and they just charge you 60 bucks for the game, I'm okay with that. If that's what the deluxe bundle is, but if I'm paying like another twenty dollars for this bundle, then it's it's not that worth it to me. Um, but that kind of brings <laughs> me to what I was thinking, because technically, if you wanted to be really specific, and I know Nintendo kind of likes to do this, is that the Breath of the Wild and the the new Amiibo line for Zelda that is their thirtieth anniversary celebration, um, in their eyes at least for the legend of zelda like oh this is a big legend of zelda blowout like e3 yeah, is all I, about zelda i don't think that's it <laughs> i mean i, I, I think e3 like... i mean think about the games they have right um they have nothing i mean what what is it they had mario sonic olympic games which the olympics are going on right now um fun fact about the olympics you guys need to look up i think it was the uh korean diving team or something or the philippines diving team one of those two uh, they've got straight zeros in the diving contest <laughs> because like they like flopped on the diving board and then like belly flopped into the water. Oh, that's classy. Was, like this is at the Olympics. This is just funny. Um, I expect to see this at like a high school diving meet, not <laughs> the Olympics. Anyways, I uh, know. So they have Sonic and uh, Mario at the Olympic games that are already released. They have uh, the new paper Mario coming out, I believe paper jam yep. or color splash, paper? color splash. That's right. Paper, paper jam, jam was the one. They're RPG game. They're R- yeah. These aren't RPGs anymore. Yeah. Get it straight. Yeah, sorry. I was talking. <laughs> I was thinking of when the series used to be good. Um, oh, oh, burn. <laughs> uh, and for Wii U, besides that, it's a whole lot of nothing. Uh, for the 3DS, now they've never really heavily promoted the 3DS at E3. Like they, uh, they they'll do unveiling. They'll you know have like flat trick trailers of their games and demos, but they don't really do like big blowouts. Uh, probably because 3DS games kind of sell themselves almost. Um, like like Pokemon Sun and Moon, that's a huge game. And they don't need E3 to sell Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, I mean, there was just like scans today from Coral Coral Magazine. And those are blowing up the internet right now. And that came out of Japan and they're like illegal scans. So, like, <laughs> it, it's you don't need E3. Pokemon's transcended gaming especially with pokemon go yeah pokemon sells itself regardless of the year so they don't really so they had nothing to really show at e3 uh and here they have this breath of the wild game no one's seen it in two years 
Um, I don't think it, it didn't do a 30th anniversary. I don't think Nintendo thought it did either. I think Nintendo was like, this is all we got. So let's, uh, let's well, do it. all they can show as of, <laughs> as of yet. Yeah. As of yet, uh, it, whatever decision came down that they couldn't show off the NX for some reason. Um, Zelda was obviously the backup plan. And then, uh, you know, I, outside of that, like, I don't think Amiibo, like Amiibo come out with every Nintendo game now. So <laughs> like, I, that's not part of a 30th anniversary celebration. That's just what they do. Like every Nintendo first party Nintendo game, that's a, like a major IP moving forward is going to have Amiibo um, until people stop buying them. And since I keep buying Amiibo and I'm sure you do, and so does everyone else. Yep. Um, they're not going to stop making them uh, to my collector's dismay since I can't afford to collect them all. Like if you look in the back corner of my camera, you probably can't see it because I have a uh, screen in the way. I have a one of the 30th anniversary Mario Amiibo up there. Me too, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, ugh. Uh, I would have, I would have got one if there was a link one, but there isn't. I, I don't know. But see, the thing is, like, I'm okay. I don't necessarily want a 30th anniversary celebration because they went all out for the 25th. Like, we don't need to do that again. In my opinion, I think it slightly makes sense for 25th year anniversaries. Like, this would have been a perfect opportunity for them to be like, okay, well, we have Lincoln metroid or zelda metroid celebrating the same exact birthday yep so since we had zelda on the 25th 30th like every five years kind of change it up so the 30th every like 10 year that goes to metroid every you know 35 is going to be zelda again then 45 is zelda <laughs> like i don't yeah. know just something like that change um, it no, up but i understood the 25th anniversary that's a quarter century yeah um, I understand celebrating every 10 years. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, as human beings, we, I just turned 30 this year. It was a big celebration. When we turn 40, it'll be a big celebration. 50 will be a big celebration. Like, that's just what we do as humans. So I understand uh, doing that for Zelda. Uh, I just, I don't know. It, it didn't happen. So I guess we're just talking about what maybe should have happened. I think uh, it's well, <laughs> part of me... I still feel like, and this is just hope, like me hoping that this is what they have planned, is that they're still holding back on all of this amazing stuff that they're going to just <laughs> throw out in August or September, whatever it is, and be oh. like, hey guys, happy Metroid anniversary, here's Metroid Prime 4. Oh my gosh, or here's, keep, like, keep hoping, keep hoping. And then it, like, all, hey. all we're getting is NX, NX, NX. Hey, in Metroid Prime 4, guess what? It has cross-compatibility <laughs> with... A federation force. <laughs> yeah, I can see them doing that just so people buy a federation force. You, ha- in and, order to get past one boss, you have to have federation force. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of federation force. I think federation force is actually pretty fun. Um, but I understand there's a lot of reasons that have nothing to do <laughs> with what that game is, with why people are mad with it. It's what it isn't. Yeah, like it. The game doesn't look bad. Blast Ball, I have that on my 3DS. It's a lot of fun. Um, Nintendo made a quality game, I believe. It's just not what people want at this well, time. that game would have been great had they not slapped Metroid Prime on it. I think if they had announced Metroid Prime 4 and that this was kind of like uh, a game coming out that was going to have some of the side story that leads into Prime 4, that would have made sense. But because they did not announce Metroid Prime 4... 
this game just upsets people because that's what they want. Um, yeah, and that's that's their own problem for their own marketing yeah, strategy. Like, like they, they that's just a market. It, it's a marketing snafu. Like they shouldn't realize that this is a game, and if the guy behind Metroid wants to tie it into Metroid Prime, you cannot do that without having another Metroid Prime game um, or another Metroid game. Period. That's that yeah, um, yeah. The same. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think if I, I just say Prime because they put Prime in that title, so yeah. if they so actually they're want... still thinking about the series, yeah. but I don't think that they're well. And there was a. Uh, what should I call it? Uh, uh, so so many years back, before uh, Tropical Freeze, Retro Studios was given a choice of uh, to make another Metroid or make another Donkey Kong, and they chose Donkey Kong. Well, their last Metroid didn't do so hot. It, it didn't sell well. Metroid Prime Three didn't do too well, and no. other M got really negative. Yeah, that's reception. the one I was talking about. Yeah. Was yeah, like... that, other M got the series as they said put on the shelf for now. Well, and that, like, you think about that, and this is something I find completely ridiculous, is that Walmart still sells that game at full retail price, <laughs> is, like, that game... Blame sh- Nintendo, not Walmart. No, I know. But that game shouldn't be $60. That game, that felt more like a... I like, loved Other M, so... I did, too. I thought it was great. <laughs> the final boss was the one thing I just... It felt like Uncharted 3's final boss for me. It was just a letdown. Yeah. Unless unless you got to the epilogue with Fantoon, then that was you know that made up for yeah, it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of Metroid and anniversaries. Oh boy. Um. So there was a really fantastic thing that happened. Uh, technically, it was the day after the anniversary in Japan, but whatever. It said the sixth in our land, so that's the day we're celebrating. <laughs> Depending on, on what hour. On August sixth, it uh was Metroid's. 30th anniversary. Sam has turned 30. She is getting up into MILF territory. That's awesome. Dear Lord, Nate. Of course, I should say cougar, not MILF. She's not a mother yet. Well, um, well, super match. Never mind. Just yeah, keep I, know. Going. I know. I know. <laughs> um, anyways, I was trying to keep it PG. I failed. You didn't do a good job. I failed. <laughs> um, so a fan game came out that, uh, I think it was a called AM2R. Something like that. I'm sorry. AMR2. AMR2. Okay, yeah. Something like that. See? R2-D2. I should know what it is. <laughs> um, so a fan game came out, and it was a remake of Metroid 2 Return of Samus. And it, it did a whole bunch of stuff it did. It wasn't just, like, new visuals. Um, it had, like, gameplay elements from, uh, like, games that came out after Metroid 2. Uh, it, it had some a couple new maps and things like that, but for the most part, it was a Metroid 2 remake. It advertised itself as a Metroid 2 remake. Uh, it's awesome. I downloaded it. Uh, I played a little bit of it. It feels fantastic. Uh, it, it was made in Game Maker, which anyone can go make a game in Game, game Maker. It, it, it does take a long time to make a quality game in Game Maker, um, but it is like game making for dummies. You, <laughs> it, it just is. Literally anyone can go make a game on it. But that's not to discredit this project. This guy, uh, I forgot his name. He spent eight years making this. Yep. He's been working on this for a long time. All by himself, no help. And he f- released it for the 30th anniversary. And Nintendo, being Nintendo, shut it down within days. I think it was two days later, officially. First well, they shut it down after at he Metroid Database. It. And then they came after... The actual host of the whole thing. It wasn't until he released the game in its full version. 
yeah. that he shut it down. Keep in mind, it, down. it had been eight years in the making. So they yes. this was something that everybody knew about for a very long time. I wouldn't say everybody knew about it. I didn't well, even know it existed until it the, released. Uh, the core Metroid fan base knew about this for a very long time. And yeah. I'm sure that Nintendo did as well. Possibly. Um, so that wasn't the only thing Nintendo shut down. Uh, a couple weeks ago, somebody uploaded 13 years worth of Nintendo Power Magazine to archive.org, which, if you can't tell by the name, it's a site used to archive things on the internet. <laughs> and it was also uploaded at another site, and uh, retromags.com, and they took down the, the scans, uh, not because of Nintendo, but because the scans themselves looked like they were actually scanned back when they came out, <laughs> which means that they were pretty low resolution, most of them, and so there was parts of the text you really couldn't read that well. Uh, so they have like policies at retro mags that like the magazines have to be high quality scans, which makes sense because they're providing, um, catalogs of old magazines. They want them to, to look good and be legible. So I understand they have quality requirements, but Nintendo issued a takedown at archive.org to get rid of all of those magazines. And this was confirmed by the tech blog at vice. So like vice is a huge site, a big entertainment company. Mm-hmm. Um, so their tech blog said they contacted Nintendo, and Nintendo told them that they were the ones that took it down. So we have all confirmed sources, because there, there's reports out there about some fake takedowns by people who don't actually work at Nintendo. These are not part of that. This is Nintendo stepping in, taking down fan games, taking down uh, Nintendo Power. Now, the only reasoning I can think of in any of this, outside of there, there is some copyright law, we had a debate about this in the staff room. Uh, there is some copyright law where they have to protect their IP. Uh, and given that Metroid, the Metroid 2 remake is a remake of a game Nintendo still sells, um, I, I understand they might be legally obligated to have to take that down. Um, and I don't understand like the argument. It's been around for eight years. How can Nintendo not know about it? Um, Ocarina of Time 2D has been in the working for ten years. And that's not shut down yet. Yet. Um, it will if it ever releases in full. But I, I almost I almost think of it good guy, bad guy. Let's say Nintendo knew about Metroid 2 Remake. Let's say they knew about this project. Um, and they chose not to shut it down. It could be that they wanted this project to release, knowing they would legally have to shut it down. But they would wait to legally shut it down till enough people have downloaded it that it's going to be around forever. Because if you type in... Uh, the a the whatever the name of it is, <laughs> I keep forgetting it. You can just type in Metro Two Remake Download as well. That's what I did to find it. Um, you will find this thing's everywhere. It is not hard to find this, even though it's no longer on the official website. Um, it's almost I almost feel like Nintendo wanted it to release, knowing they were gonna have to shut it down, but also knowing that people are still gonna get it anyways. So almost like we know we're gonna get negative press, but like this thing is always going to exist. Like, we didn't shut it down while it was being made. We waited till people could play it. Um, and then it's not really shut down because it already exists. It's out there. You can find it. People are torrenting it, and it's not that hard to get a hold of. Uh, I have a copy of it. You can contact me. I'll give you the copy I got. It's not a big deal. Um, privately, of course. I won't put up a download link because <laughs> then Nintendo's coming after Zelda Informer, and we're in trouble. Um, we've had our own issues with Nintendo in the past. A lot of stuff here. A lot to digest. Nintendo does this a lot. They are probably the most strict company about takedowns. 
and just their IPs in general. Like yes. in the term, if you guys remember a while back, when uh, Nintendo tried to, I guess, get their hands into the Let's Play <laughs> sure. uh, variety, and they were like, "Well, you can't Let's Play a Nintendo game without giving money to Nintendo for it," and almost <laughs> no one was okay with that. And then they're like, "Oh, well, no, we were just kidding. We're not doing that anymore." <laughs> um, but. They don't have a good history of necessarily cooperating with fan works and this kind of a thing. Um, and there's... Not, yeah, go on. There's there's different types of, of copyright law, too. I'm not 100% sure about what the copyright law is in Japan. Um, and yeah. And that's any um, different here. It, it's important to note that a lot of... There's different copyright laws um, all over the world. Not everyone's governed by the exact same laws. Uh this is this comes into play with YouTube because there's a lot of people that hate Nintendo's YouTube program. Uh, a lot of that a, YouTube a program, like the entirety of that YouTube program, is actually built around laws in Japan uh, that Nintendo of Japan has to follow in terms of video content and letting people use it and like losing rights to stuff if they don't monetize and don't you know claim stuff. So. You would think, well, then just apply this to Japan, YouTube of Japan. Well, as a company, uh, they probably don't like to have different standards in different regions. They like everything to be governed the same because it's a lot easier to organize and keep track of. Uh, and I think that's why you saw the YouTube policy, which, I'm sorry, excuse me, is still in beta. It's not even technically out of beta yet. Um why they applied it across the whole world. Like I, I actually understand a bit why they're doing it as a company, even though it sucks. Um, the only thing I wish they would do is get rid of the whitelist. Uh, that's the only thing that upsets me. They should just, any game that is Nintendo IP, anyone should be able to use footage and you know, they should be able to use it within that program and get some money. Um, the fact that there's games that aren't on that list and you won't get any money for those games. That sucks. Uh, it sucks. It, it, you don't get all the money anyways, but, uh, Nintendo, I, I wonder if these takedowns are, um, <sighs> the Nintendo power one confused me. I understand the Metroid two one. Like if, if this IP law exists where if Nintendo doesn't make an effort to protect their IP, they lose their IP, which is something I read about in an article last year. Uh, if that's true, then they had to take down the Metroid two one. They didn't have a choice or they would forfeit their rights to Metroid. But the Nintendo Power One's weird because they don't sell copies of it anymore. Uh, it's been out of print for many years, especially these thir first 13 years have been out. You know, it's been 15 years. Uh, the only thing I can think of is in that first 13 years, there were two graphic novels that were released over a number of issues. And right now, those graphic novels are resold in complete editions, licensed by Nintendo, to Viz Media. And I wonder if they had to take down the scans or risk losing their rights to those. If that makes sense. Like, if someone took out those from the scans and re-uploaded them, I wonder if Nintendo would leave them alone. But again, I don't know. I mean, this I'm just spitballing. Like, I know it's like Nintendo Defense Force coming from me. I'm upset. I'm just as upset about this as other people are. Um, I wish there was a way. I, I just I want to know 
I want Nintendo to come out and explain, because um, you know all they said is you know it contains copyrighted material. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But like, what's what's the real logic behind what you're doing? Why I'd like to know that for for everything that? that they shut down. Like to give them a reason as to why they they're doing that. Yeah, and I understood with you know, I thought okay, <clears throat> sorry. The best example of Nintendo actually cooperating well with a fan project of this magnitude was the Hero of Time film. Um, and that's... They told them to shut it down, but they gave them two weeks in a theater. And so yeah. for, I think, two weeks in an L.A. theater, the Hero of Time movie was shown. And they got a, they got an extra... I think it was an extra two weeks they could keep the download up. Yeah, and I, I downloaded it. I still have it, I think. Um, but they, I didn't think it was that good, so I deleted it. But. It, 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 it wasn't, but... For the it only... was they were nice about it. Yeah, the only good it was the only good Zelda fan film out there at the time. Um, and it was so the only Zelda yeah the only film. Zelda fan film at the time. Um, but they they handled that very well and they explained well this is why because you're you know you're charging for it uh, in theaters like this whole this whole thing and they let them keep it up and you can still find it online if you really want to. Sure, um, sure. Go like go anything to... anything that's ever yeah. released on the internet you could find. It's if you want to check it out, it's BNB finishes uh, Hero of Time. Yep. Um, it's you know it's it's the best you can get with a literal direct like copy of Ocarina of Time, pretty much, and it's about as <laughs> it's it's what you expect. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> it's um, not that there's been a lot better stuff since. I'll, I'll yeah. put it that way. But it paved the way for a lot of different stuff. Yes. And it was yeah. it was pretty yeah. good for its time. Um, but Nintendo handled that handled that very well, and I been reading up on on different copyright policy and um so I, I imagine that it also gets really tricky to enforce a copyright overseas so like in japan their copyright is that's it's way more confusing than it is here um sure. one of the big things that they have is a uh, don't remember the name it's right to trans transmittable or something like that um where <laughs> that already sounds confusing it's yeah right to make transmittable which is how um you can make it like you can send it out and make it uh heard on radio tv whatever um there's right of communication to public um they have different laws for downloadable audio to mobile phones like if you if even if you just simple wikipedia this thing it's like a huge multi-year long essay on all their different copyright laws you look at our copyright laws in the united states and the only one that i could see um, this being was, um, I don't know, misappropriation of the trademark. It's the only thing I could really see them being like, oh, well, this is what we intended to use for, da, 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 whatever the, the thing is. But this still slightly follows under fair use. Um, and one of the fair use laws in the uh, United States is transformative fair use which is uh, something that adds something new with a further purpose or a different character um, and it doesn't substitute for the original use of the work, which could be debatable. Was this meant as a substitute? I don't necessarily think so. That's a classic game. This wasn't trying to replace that. That being said, that's really tricky to compare, you know, J- Japanese copyright law to American copyright law and enforce those both ways. So I imagine that that's one of the big things that they have trouble with is enforcing that overseas. Kind of like you said about the whole YouTube thing mm-hmm. as having, you know, different copyright laws from different countries being enforced over one specific area and 
like you said, I'd like to see Nintendo kind of come out in front of this for once and say, hey, this is know, why like, yeah, this is why we shut this down. This is exactly why we shut this down. Like if, if they like even if they came out and said, we don't have a good reason. We just shut it down because of copyright laws. Fine. Just just tell sure. us something. I mean, um, best case scenario, they say, oh, we have another Metroid game coming out. So we don't want this to be. I have a little story. Uh, a long time ago, this was probably five years ago now, Zelda Informer could not receive ads from Nintendo because our website was violating Nintendo's copyright. Uh, pretty much the only part of their copyright that they claimed we were violating was the fact that we had Zelda in our name. Of course, they don't own the copyright to the <laughs> name Zelda, but the larger point is that they were uh, they had a new policy going effect that meant any website that had any reference to uh, any direct name reference to a Nintendo IP would not get ads. Now they couldn't legally shut us down, but they could you know make us you know not serve ads on our site, which. For those who don't know, ads are actually like the main source of income at Zelda Informer. And Nintendo ads in particular make the most money because we serve to a Nintendo audience. So Nintendo fans are most likely to click on ads for Nintendo games. As opposed to the ones that are currently at the bottom of our site. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every now and then we get some good ads, but uh, we're not getting good ones right now. Yeah. Anyways, so... uh, Hopefully, I mean, if traffic goes up, basically the higher our traffic goes, the better our ads end up becoming. Um, Tell we're not getting we're not getting a lot of traffic right now, so we're not getting <laughs> we're not getting good ads. Anyways, so they they shut down and they wouldn't let us have it or everything. And I thought it was really weird. I talked to my Nintendo rep. I talked to uh, I tried to go up the chain, uh, figure out what's going on because we're still getting review copies of games. Uh, we're still getting all the press releases. I was told by my Nintendo rep that we're still legally allowed to use all the official art. Um, and we could use it for profit if we want, you know, which basically just means that we could post the art and advertise it and put like advertisements on the page. Basically, we have all the legal rights to use all of Nintendo's stuff um, and not get hit for it. Why they gave us the legal rights for it, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, we're, we're also legally allowed to, to upload their trailers to our own video player um, that's not on YouTube and make 100% ad revenue off it if we want. We don't do that, nor we used to do that. Um, Everything sucks compared to YouTube for video players. So whatever, we just Vimeo. deal with YouTube. But it's we had, we got all these rights, but then Nintendo wouldn't advertise on us. It it just didn't make sense to me. It turns out that this call did not actually come from Nintendo themselves. It wasn't from Nintendo of America. So all of Nintendo's legal stuff is handled by third party firms that they're partners with, and these firms um, are basically given a general edict for like. This is the kind of stuff we you should be shutting down. Uh, they're given a couple examples, uh, and then that's that. And at the time, the firm interpreted that uh, something in those documents to mean, okay, we need to protect your IP. So everything that has your IP in the title, we need to con- we need to contact all the ad companies and tell them they're no longer allowed to use it, or we're going to sue them. That's basically what happened. Uh, that's not what Nintendo meant, and it took Nintendo, um, and it took a lot of sites complaining. Um, through back channels, we try to keep it out of the public eye because, I mean, just ads. You're visiting a site for free. It's not your problem. <laughs> um. Anyways, so 
It took a lot of people complaining, and about a year later, it finally got lifted, and Nintendo ads were allowed to be on our site again. Uh, so, the moral of this story is that while Nintendo is taking these down, it's the law firm that represents Nintendo taking them down. We don't actually know that Nintendo of America, like Reggie fils got on the phone and said, hey, look, this Metroid 2 remake, you gotta go shut that down. <laughs> we don't know that Nintendo of America is actually doing this. We don't we know only, if they're aware of it. We only know, the only thing we know is that their law firm, the, 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 the law department that represents Nintendo of America, is shutting them down. Um, so, I brought up my story because it's easy to be really mad at Nintendo right now. Uh, heck, I'm mad at them not, for reasons that have nothing to do with this, that they have not even announced when they're going to announce the NX. Um, and I know I always make fun of an announcement for an announcement, but it's pretty normal to set a day and have it public for when you're going to have an announcement of that of this magnitude. So I'm kind of perturbed that if it's happening next month, we're he- heading to the middle of August now, and we still don't know. Like, this is just frustrating. Uh, that's why I'm upset with Nintendo. But th- this stuff... Uh, it could just be stuff swept under the rug by their legal department. And because technically these things are breaking copyright, no one's really disputing that the scans and the fan game do violate copyright. Uh, there, I mean, I, I have not read all the people have said about it. They all recognize it. It does break copyright. Like you are technically doing something that's against the law. Uh, but the counter argument is, is it worth shutting down? when you could have all this positive buzz around something. Um, well, I think... And it, it's not really... I, I, I would argue it's not worth shutting it down from Nintendo's side. I don't think it's worth their, them ruining their public image for shutting them down. Yeah, and like I, it's going to be a PR thing. You know, the only thing I say is, as I said, especially with the Metroid 2 game, if that, if that IP law exists where they have to at least show they're trying to protect their IP... Um, then I understand. Like, they might not have had a choice in that one. The Nintendo Power one, I don't get at all. Um, but, again, Nintendo might not... Like, Nintendo themselves might not be the blame. It could be their law firm. And then you can get mad at Nintendo for, like, oh, why don't you police in the law firm? Well, Nintendo's got a zillion things going on. Didn't they um, also shut down the Twilight Princess HD thing? The uh, The thing by Tomoya? Whatever the fan project was that was coming uh, out let me check. the same time. I don't I remember hearing about that. I don't think it got shut down. Uh, let me look here. Yeah, it was by Tomoya. I remember. Because we were covering it. Um, no. No, it didn't get shut down. It didn't? Okay. No. What, what, what they said is there was a recent takedown at that time of a different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the new Twilight Princess HD was coming out. So they said that we're going to kind of back off publicly. Because, like, they were getting a whole bunch of attention. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, so, like, they wanted to back off, to, like, not get Nintendo to notice that they're there. <laughs> um, which I'm sure... The thing is, is Nintendo knows that Zelda Informer exists. Apparently, I, I got confirmation this year that they read Zelda Informer. <laughs> so Yay. they... Everything we post, they read. So they know... Um, about everything that we post. So the chances are someone at Nintendo knows about this HD project. They just don't care. Um, that's why I keep wondering if it's just their legal department. Because their legal department probably isn't scoping the internet trying to find all these projects. They notice them when they get massive media attention. Um, and then they just do what they think they're supposed to do. Which is protect the IP and issue DMCA takedowns. 
Um, and usually that's all you have to do because no one wants to actually get in a legal fight. It's going to cost you more money than it's worth to, to fight these things usually. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's I'm actually looking at the Twilight Princess HD project right now. Uh, the, the last update that the creator of it put on Facebook is uh, Link dressed in the Breath of the Wild shirt holding the fierce deity sword oh this is awesome so on <laughs> anyways on nintendo's corporate website if you go to sure. nintendo.com slash corp slash ipp policy uh dot jsp it says nintendo respects the intellectual property of others and we ask users of nintendo products and services to do the same in accordance with the dmc in the u.s and the ecd in the U e eu in other mm -hmm. applicable law, we have adopted a policy of removing in a I misspelled inappropriate. No. Yes. No. Of removing oh inappropriate circumstances at our sole discretion any content that appears to infringe the intellectual sure. property of uh, rights of others. We may also at our sole discretion limit access to Nintendo products and services and or terminate the accounts of any users who infringe any intellectual properties property rights of others, whether or not there is any repeat infringement. Sure. So it sounds like it's a pretty blanket statement. Yeah, it sounds like it's like if there's we can, we, we can do what we want, um, if we think there's something wrong. Yeah, and if, we're not. If we and think we're that not, there's we're like we're not responsible if we're wrong. They're basically. basically they're they're the Ben Affleck of this Batman vs <laughs> Superman movie. If there's even a one percent chance that there's something wrong, they're gonna sure it's treated with absolute certainty. Sure. Um and. That's kind of, that's just what I imagine that they're doing at this point is they're like, well, and, you know, I wrote that whole article on it and there's still there's one thing that I can kind of see. And I don't know why this is the only reason that I can see them doing this is that they have in their heads an idea of what, you know, Metroid's supposed to look like, Mario's supposed to look like, all these different games are supposed to look like. And they don't want anybody else taking that sure. into their own hands. And so, like, if you every time you hear about uh, a new game being developed in a main core IP series... One of the core producers of that series, even if it's, uh, you know, Legend of Zelda when they were making, um, what was it, Triforce Heroes? Um, I know it was one of these games that, that wasn't, like, made by the main uh, people at the studio. It still had, like, heavy direction from the core Zelda team or from Aonuma or something like that. Uh, yeah, Grezzo... Was the development team behind Triforce Heroes? Yeah, so I imagine, um, and, and he but it was directed by Fubayashi. Yeah, so who there's is somebody. Part of the Zelda team. There's somebody that's always like, "Well, are you are you doing it right? Are you treating these characters right? Is Link this character? Is um, does he look like this? Does he fall in line <laughs> with how what we have for him?" And I imagine that I, a, it's really stressful. Yeah, to work on I, think I'm, I think I uh, think I think Twilight Princess HD was probably what you're thinking of. Yeah. That, because uh, the, uh, what is it? The Twilight, uh, Twilight Princess, Twi uh, Triforce Heroes. Um, that that was actually the brainchild of Fubayashi, who was also the person, I think it was Fubayashi. Man, I better make sure that's right. Fubayashi might be the guy you keep, in Breath of the You Wild. keep talking. Anyways, the guy who directed uh, Triforce Heroes also directed Link Between Worlds. So like that game was was basically uh, him and Iji and Nomo wanting to do a multiplayer Zelda. So like that was entirely influenced by the Zelda team. Uh, Twilight Princess HD was not. They that was made by that group in Australia, and they had some video conferences with Iggy and Nomo here and there. Um, but for the most part, it was they would Chicada. do something. 
Shikata, yeah, okay. So they would do something, then they would come back to Ijinomo. Ijinomo would give feedback over a video conference, and then they would go back at it. Um, so that was, that's why Twilight Princess HD, like what you're describing is actually Twilight Princess HD. Okay. Um, yeah. So Triforce, there hasn't been a mainline game outside of the Capcom games that hasn't been directed by someone at Nintendo. Well, I imagine it's still at that point they had to check back with you know well i'm sure and there was a they probably had to go through miyamoto and whoever yes um but let's get into some some good stuff obviously we're talking a lot of news today anyone who's paying attention we've already gone way over the news uh it's just two of us so this is what we want to talk about um and to get into a bit of the positive light because the first couple topics weren't (laughs) we weren't exactly too positive um mcv released a report about the NX. Again, Nintendo. Just announce when we're going to find out if this stuff is true. Like that would be awesome. over there. So, uh, the big news out of this one, the biggest of the big news, is that within the launch window, which Nintendo always oh, describes yeah. as the first six months of a console being on the market, they are not only going to have Breath of the Wild, there's going to be a new Mario game, and here's the kicker, a new Pokemon game. And this is... You know, Pokemon Sun and Moon comes out later this year, so this is not very long between games. Obviously, we don't know what type of Pokemon game it is. Um, it could be a mainline game. Pokemon Tournament 2. You know, this is, uh, you know, it does not specify in this report what type of Pokemon game it could be. For Mario, a lot of people assume it's going to end up being a 3D Mario because I don't know how you could do a 2D Mario right at this time after Super Mario Maker came out. Um, but. Yeah, so that like that's big news. You're Those also are getting Nintendo's uh, three biggest franchises right there. They also reported that they're busy getting third-party developers, Sega, Square Enix, Ubisoft, yep. Activision, and Warner Bros. Um, working on games. So yes. it sounds like they're wanting to... And we know... Um, get out good who, games. Uh, who makes uh, Dragon Quest? Oh, don't do not do that to me. One second. I, I, I oh, just X. wrote about yeah, this. It's coming out for NX. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Quest, uh, the new Dragon Quest X ten. I mean, Dragon Quest ten already came out, but it's like if you follow the Dragon Quest series, like their releases are really weird in terms of how they number things. But anyways, the new Dragon Quest. There's two of them coming out. Uh, one of the new ones coming out, Dragon Quest X, is coming out on NX and PlayStation Four, which is uh, interesting. Which uh, that's interesting just because it's it's on it's square PlayStation, like that's it's, right. uh, square Enix. okay so that could be what the square Enix game is of course we already have that confirmed the people behind the game we have confirmed so like that is an X- nx game activision a lot of people assume call of duty um warner bros who knows i don't even know what they're working on right now since the batman series is over um ubisoft we already know just dance mm-hmm They've already confirmed that that's coming, so that could be that's all, that could be all we get. Sega probably has a Sonic game. It's it's whatever that new Sonic game is. Yeah, the new this. Sonic game was confirmed for NX. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, at least three of these five companies, or four of the five, whatever, we can we can kind of already know that while it sounds nice to list them off, uh, Sega, Square Enix, probably Activision, assuming it's Call of Duty, and Ubisoft. We essentially know what game it's going to be. The one game that they probably have in the works for. Well, let's not discount how big the Dragon Quest series is. Oh, yeah, it is. It's huge. It's huge. And and how big that game is probably going to be. And I'm not saying that that's, like, definitely going to be a a system seller, but that's 
to to have a game and here here's going to be the the comparison is since it's releasing for the strongest console on the market right now yeah. along with the NX it's going to be interesting to see how they play side by side because if it can hold up comparably to the PS4 then it'll have no problem sure. with this um, well and I think not... the the art style of the game actually plays a lot a lot of fav- a lot more favorable to um, the prospects of the NX. Like, it's not a game that feels like it would push the PlayStation 4. Yeah. But, I mean, like... It's going it to look good. It's going to look good. Yeah. Mean. Well, I mean, like, there are there's still some games, though, that don't push other systems that the Wii U has trouble rendering. Sure, um, sure. So, I'm... But I'm the Wii U is also... I mean, the Wii U is basically a full generation behind tech. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. The NX won't be a full generation. I mean, it might be behind the the uh xbox scorpio but it's like a, it's like a half step down yeah well well, well well i mean we don't obviously we don't know that's that's the rumor is. right now yes. is that it's about a half um, step down speaking of that uh M- the mcv report also kind of reconfirmed as they say the handheld um tegra one all that original report from Eurogamer. uh so again this is like another site out of i'd say probably at least a half dozen uh reputable sites that have quote-unquote confirmed the nx rumors um yeah that's well well not only that but emily rogers has been saying stuff like this for a while now and yeah she people don't like her well i like (laughs) listening to her i follow her on twitter i have no problem with her um but they she she said that this was going to happen she said that we were already going to start seeing uh like Eurogamer and other sites post stuff like this um so i'm becoming more and more likely to believe that this is the case and at this point nintendo really needs to get in front of the media for this thing yeah before this i think goes the only thing i think the only hope if anyone's holding out hope uh that there isn't that, that this isn't it it's that a while ago there was a rumor that nintendo had uh in their stk had two skews in their sdk that suggests two different hardware, like iterations of hardware. Yeah, I remember this, yeah. Which means that this might be what they're releasing next year, like First. when they talk about in March. And then by the holiday season, they could be hitting you with the other NX, which is the beefier uh, system. Uh, and all the games that were on the the NX handheld can also be played over there. And you can also hook the hand, like the handheld can stand on its own and play all the NX games. But if you want that extra frame rates, that extra 4K, which you, you know, will. whatever, you will be able to get that in an optional system if you really want it. Um, and, and Nintendo has talked at length about uh, universal operating systems, like trying to mimic what Apple does over multiple devices. Uh, Mr. Satoru Iwata referenced in the past that they might have multiple SKUs for NXs. He never confirmed they would, just that they might do it. And That's going to be a kinda, hard sell, though. It's going to be a very hard sell. Uh, the only real hope there is in this is that PlayStation and Xbox, those two brands, are essentially doing the same thing. Uh, the only thing we don't know at this time with like the PlayStation Neo and the PlayStation, uh, the I'm sorry, the Xbox Scorpio, is if you can use your disc that you bought to play that game on the PlayStation Four on the Neo, and if you can use that disc on the Xbox One on the Xbox Scorpio, or if you have to buy a separate version of the game well, to do that. 
the from what from the reports for the for the Neo at least is that and this is this sounds like it's going to be a lot more work than is worth it. Sure. Um, is that each game is going to have two different modes? It's going to have the 4K 4.5 mode for the PlayStation Neo. Yep. Or 4.5, and then it's also going to have the regular mode. I don't know if it's going to be an auto detection thing, or if it's just going to be a you know a mode that you select in the options menu. I, I have no sure. idea. Um, sure. But that's I I can't see them. I think they said in a press release at some point. Um, I might be wrong about this that they weren't going to do two separate games no. for each the only thing i remember for sure is sony said that every game that releases on neo needs to have also released on the playstation 4 yeah. there cannot be any neo exclusive games scorpio may be something completely different we don't yeah. really know we, we don't know is. yeah so uh like we have an idea of how powerful it'll be but um the scorpio that is the neo technically they haven't confirmed any of the rumored power specs of it they've just been like hey this is a thing we're coming yeah, out like, with it we're going to talk about next year basically that's basically so, what nintendo's doing with with the nx with nx yeah except they said they're going to talk about it this year yeah so we'll see at some point uh so that's kind of the hope you can hold out for is that nintendo has two SKUs. um well, ev- yeah. everyone else is doing it uh nintendo's unique spin on it will be one of our skews you could take a weird on hope well it's it, it's kind of it's not that weird if you think about it well you'd have to at this point like it just, it, think about someone... it. Think about it. If it, if you look at this generation, we have the Wii U and the 3DS. Imagine that the Wii U and 3DS, like say the 3DS was slightly beefier, um, dropped the 3D screen so they could keep the, the price down, and they have the Wii U, and instead of the gamepad, you could just use your 3DS as a gamepad if you would like. Um, otherwise, it would just be like the, the Pro controller. Well, my and thing is, you're you're having the, to buy two the separate operating, systems. The operating system is universal. And every game released on the 3DS and every game released on the NX just works on the other systems. Like, it's basically what we have now, but better in terms of cross-compatibility and uh, a better account system. And the fact you only have to buy the game one time, you don't have to buy it twice. I'm saying it's going to be a hard sell because from the rumors we're getting, it's going to be about a 200 to $300 system. for If, if, if this is what they're doing with a handheld version and then a, a home version later, um, that is, that's this isn't... Like this is speculation still. Yeah. Um, yeah. If yeah, that's just like that one rumor that said the NX is going to be cheaper than you think it is. Yeah. So if, so if I'm thinking the, 200 bucks is probably what they're going to launch. If that's what it is, if the handheld version of it is at 200, and then they release it later, they're going to have to convince you to spend another two to three hundred dollars on. This I don't other think console. they have to convince anyone. I I mean like, I, I I think it's more like it's just about options. It's like phones. Apple doesn't tell you to go buy the 6S Plus. It, it, it just says, here's our new phone. You can still go buy our old phone. All the games that are on our new phone still work on the old phone. Uh, that's, yeah, like, that's it, it's it's more about um, if Nintendo's going with this whole universal operating system, so like all your games transfer forever in the future, and um, everything just works across multiple form factors, that uh, they're kind of building an ecosystem. At least this is what I'm hoping they're doing. That they're building an ecosystem where... They don't. You don't have to buy the system, but if you're someone that you're like that power hungry guy, you want your Nintendo PlayStation. Well, here it is. If, if you want it, it, go is. buy it. Go buy like go buy it. Like it, it's right here. You can you can have it if you want it. Um, we're not going to support it any different than we were already supporting the NX as a platform. It's going to get all our games anyways. My every only thing every that, NX platform will have all the Nintendo games. I'm just worried that what they're going to send out is going to be strictly the handheld version. 
and there's not going to be any way for you to put it onto the TV until this next, until the oh, holiday season, so. whenever that comes out. I, That's I, my well, fear with that. Because like the the rumor says it has a docking station. I think I think you will be able to play on your TV with your handheld based on the rumors um, right away if you want. The docking station might be sold separately. I don't know. But you will be able to use that handle on your TV if you would like to. And you don't have to ever get another separate NX to play it. But if you want that more power, you could do it. I mean, the other theory was obviously that they would have supplemental computing devices, which they have a patent for. Um, and that, like, the docking station they, could be an external... they yeah, like, like, the docking station could be an external GPU. And if that's the case, then this thing can be as powerful as the PlayStation 4. Uh, because the processor from the Tegra 1 is plenty fast enough to not be a bottleneck um, to match the PlayStation. But it's the GPU that isn't good enough. I'm just um, imagining, like, this one piece of hardware with wires spanning <laughs> out of it and, like, towers upon towers Well, I don't think it'll be towers upon towers. Like, like, you could put the GPU in the docking station, and it would just be a thing that sits on your TV just like the gamepad charger, and you just set your gamepad on it. And it works. The only thing I would hate about that is my if my kids grabbing it as I'm playing on the TV. <laughs> no, what are you doing? Um, but that's a problem for me to worry about. I actually don't think I actually don't think it's going to be that bad. Like if they have supplemental computing devices, it. I mean, right now I have my Wii U hooked up with an external hard drive plugged into it. It's not that it, like it doesn't feel like clunky or a big deal. Um, actually, my Xbox One has an external hard drive plugged into it. Too. Like it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like it doesn't belong. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I assume that I'll have, probably have to have an external hard drive hooked up if they allow that kind of thing. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully they reveal it soon. Uh, we're going to move on to some fan topics because we had some good topics this week, including for our first time ever, a fan topic submitted through our YouTube. So thank you guys for all you folks who watch us on YouTube. Enjoy the video version. Uh, feel free to submit your fan topics down in the comments on every single episode we upload. Even if it's questions about prior episodes, we will bring it up and do our best to answer it. If you want to uh, know about Nate's love life, please, please ask questions. Yeah, don't. I, I got Yulia yelling at me right now. About, anyways, <laughs> not yelling at me. She's not mad at me, but she's mad at her son. Anyways, so on YouTube, uh, I again, I always apologize if I butcher your guys' names. Uh, Anna Clara Julia. It feels like three first names to me from our YouTube page says, hello, Zelda informer. I was wondering like the new Zelda game is huge, right? Twilight princess is also really big, but we had Minda and her portals to go faster. Do you guys think that a similar mechanism will be featured in the game? We already know the answer to this. I will let Alfred give it. Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Short and simple. Uh, so the spirit towers that you see, or not spirit towers, sorry, Sheikah towers. The Sheikah shrines, yeah, towers. The towers, yeah. The Sheikah, I'm sorry, spirit towers, spirit track. Anyways, uh, the Sheikah towers that you activate early in the game. Uh, once you go to that Sheikah tower, you are able to fast travel back to that Sheikah tower. So you can't just go to any Sheikah tower you want at the beginning of the game. Um, but all the Sheikah Towers rise up after you activate the first one, and then you have to go to that Sheikah Tower, use your uh, your Sheikah Slate at the top of it, gain new, which, by the way, is how you unlock the map for each of those areas, like the general map. Um, 
So you go to the top of the tower, you put your Sheikah Slate in, unlocks the map, and as soon as that happens, you are able to then teleport back to that tower at any time. So fast travel does exist in this game. Um, sounds yeah. very Far Cry 4-y. It sounds very video gamey. Well, like in ga- terms of there being like towers. <laughs> yeah. That towers, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, it, It's a waypoint system. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been in games for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> the Zelda series itself has used it. Uh, you know, not just like with the, the portals. Uh, in terms of physical, always going to the same spots. Uh, they did that in, well, obviously, Ocarina they kind of did it in Ocarina of Time. They also did it in Majora's Mask with the owl statues. Uh, and Skyward Sword, when you fall down, you could go to any of the things. You have to play it. a new song each yeah. tow- for each tower now. <laughs> oh, there's like a hundred towers no, you have to that's know not that's not how we're I, I teleport one of the, when i played the demo at one point i teleported back to the tower it, it's literally just open your map and tap on it and go that's um, that's handy yeah so it, it it exists thank you for your question uh you don't have to worry about it uh, i know someone else, other people answered it to you but you know if you were hoping that we would shed some more light on it that's exactly how it works um going over to our twitter we had one question asked and it says, "What? Uh, this is by Twilight Yoshi. They ask, what makes a 2D Zelda game good? What makes a 3D Zelda game good? That's just an idea that I thought of. It's a good idea. It, it's a very good idea. <laughs> um, what makes 2D Zelda games good and 3D Zelda games good? I think, oh man, I had an answer for this and I forgot it. Um, <laughs> I think what makes a 3D Zelda game good is the open world. Sure. Or like the the exploration of the open world in, in a very well no because the link to the past had that and it was a two D game. <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't know if there's really that much difference between a two D Zelda game and a three D Zelda game at this point aside from like what's easier for them to run on each system. I mean that's the only so... thing I could think of being a difference for I I don't think. I think in order to have a good 2D Zelda game, there are different things that need to work with it. Sure. Like the mechanics. Um, like taking uh, the, the switches, for example, uh, with the the eye switches. Yep. Um, with the arrow. In order to have a top-down perspective for it, like I couldn't imagine them doing that um, in like a, <laughs> like a weird 2D type way like the, the best way that it works i'll put it this way is the top-down perspective where you can see what you're shooting at um, in a more direct way um and taking that and being able to take 3d uh mechanics and putting them on a 2d game well i think that's what makes it a good 2d zelda game is to kind of have the same zelda experience either way without having okay. to sacrifice anything if that makes sense i know i really Th- this roundabout is way this is there. where uh this is awesome because I think the total opposite. So, two D Zelda games. There's something you'll notice if you play the two D Zelda games, and I'm including, you know, any of the top down games that you know aren't technically two D, like two point five D, Olympic Dream Worlds. You could actually go into three D. Yeah. Um, ironically, by becoming two D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so you got the top down games. I'm gonna also include Zelda two in this because that's also a two D game, and it also fits what I'm trying to say. The 2D Zelda games are, one, a lot more action-y. You are constantly fighting things all the time. Two, they are typically a lot more puzzle-based. A lot of your progression is based around puzzles. 
in the 3D Zelda games, a lot of your progression is either based on a linear set of instructions, which 2D Zelda games also typically don't have, or it's based upon exploration. It's based upon the that. world. A lot, of, a lot of the worlds in 3D Zelda games, you kind of progress by just exploring. In the but 2D a lot of the Zelda dungeons games, are puzzle-based. Yeah, well, yeah, dungeons, dungeons are always... Like, dungeons, they, that's the whole point of a dungeon, if I'm being yeah. honest. And it's got to be puzzle-based. Uh, so, I, you know, dungeons aside, just the general feel of what makes the games good is that the 2D games are literal action-adventure games. It is lots and lots of action all the time with well-thought-out puzzles that fit within a 2D realm. Uh, and then the 3D games, I feel like, are more about um, exploring a 3D space and figuring out how to traverse through that 3D space, whether it's through hitting a switch or shooting an eye. Um, a, lot of, a lot of 3D puzzles you don't see in the 2D games. And a lot of the 2D puzzles you don't see in the 3D games because they're not built to work in those in those ways. Uh, Block-pushing puzzles obviously work in both. Um, I will admit personally that block-pushing puzzles feel better in 2D games than in 3D yeah. games. Uh, and I think that's because block-pushing puzzles were originally invented in 2D games and adapted to the 3D games. Well, and it always feels then, weird in a 3D shoot, game when you're pushing yeah. a block at, like, when it has certain square spaces that can move Sure, it. sure. And... In the 3D games, like shooting shooting a sw- an eye switch, doesn't feel right in a 2D game. Uh, so I think that each perspective provides unique puzzle, uh, like uni- unique ability to do puzzles because you have to think about your limitations um, and your surroundings depending on which version you're working on. So I feel like they both prevent different puzzle ideas and concepts, and that makes Zelda in general good because Zelda's always had puzzles in it. Uh, and I think the 2D games in particular are really good because they stick more to what the series was founded on. Uh, puzzles existed in Zelda 1, but 90% of your time in Zelda 1 is spent in combat. So oh, And exploring. Yeah, exploring. Exploring Exploring's always been, it, it was an open world game, uh, so exploring. And I feel like 2D games are more built around the combat, and the 3D games are more built around the exploration. Now, they both have combat, they both have exploration, uh, but... To me, there's kind of a clear divide in that. Even a link between worlds, which is you know a, a fairly open world in terms of progression, um, it didn't feel as open to me as Ocarina of Time did. Um, and that's just a feeling. Technically, it was more open than Ocarina of Time was. Ocarina of Time actually had some pretty solid linearity to it, unless you <laughs> wanted to, unless you wanted to quote-unquote break the game you didn't really break the game but um you could end up doing dungeons out of order if you wanted if you were really really willing to put in the tedious effort to do so well yeah yeah i mean the game clearly guides you you should go here you should go there and you're like yeah what happens if i go here and if i go what do you mean clearly guides you like is there a character that reminds you every five seconds where you need to go hey listen (laughs) um so yeah, that's just just my take. Is I feel like both perspectives provide something unique, and Zelda's great and good because they take advantage of the unique things you could do in that space. Like all the physics you see in Breath of the Wild is not going to happen in a two D Zelda game, <laughs> but that makes Breath of the Wild awesome. And all the action that you're getting in the two D games helps make the two D games awesome. Uh, and there's action in Breath of the Wild, but it's totally different, uh, and it feels good. So, yeah, 
that's well, to me like th- there isn't like one thing but the differences and how nintendo takes advantage of the differences is what makes them unique and makes them good well opinion. and and the 2d versions always seem more like they're ready for like a portable system like they're sure, more ready sure. to be picked up and played and then put Pick down. Pick up and play. Yeah. Yeah. As whereas, like, once you enter into a dungeon on the th- in like a 3D Zelda game, you should probably commit to that. Otherwise, you're gonna save the game and start back over. From yeah. The you you of better the make sure you have at least an hour. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. They usually give you uh, like midpoint saves, or mm-hmm. sometimes you can just some games let you just save whenever you want. Uh, but it, it's always good to have a little bit of time when you play a 3D Zelda game. The 2D ones, especially Link Between Worlds, Triforce Zeros, really built around like short play sessions. Yeah. Um, you can play Triforce Heroes. Like you could play, like Triforce Heroes was definitely built for. I mean, it's, you could play it for based. longer. Yeah, you could yeah. play it for longer, but it's you know, and there's time. I think there's time limit. I don't think there's a time. No, limit. wait, no, there's no time limit. No, sorry, I'm thinking of uh, some four sword stuff. Um, okay, so yeah, thanks for your your topic. I'm kind of gonna rush through um, some of these just because we could talk about fan topics all day. Uh, from our Facebook page, Shay Elise Hess. Uh, says that my question is can't Zelda and Link be brother and sisters in Ocarina of Time because Link doesn't have any other family his mom died when she was escaping the war and Zelda doesn't have a mom at all they are also the same age and look alike if it was war the air would have been smuggled out and if commoners knew about the forest wouldn't they seek shelter within it Okay, a few things, a few issues I have with it. Um, the Kokiri Forest doesn't prevent Link from growing up. So the protection that the Great Deku Tree provides won't help outsiders. Um, in fact, it would more likely draw the enemies to come to that area if more people were gathering there. So I, I don't think um, that commoners would think to go seek shelter there. Because, remember, Link came as a baby. So he, Link already has grown up some in Kokiri Forest. Um, so, yeah, I I think that commoners probably think that Kokiri Forest is weird and that it's full of children. Well, I think that they, they'd think that Kokiri Forest is kind of like a... a forbidden place you'd think yeah well plus plus kokiri forest is like right next to the lost woods yeah and like there's probably the stories of the lost woods and what happens when you get lost in them like yeah children that probably turned le- into yeah like that like leaks out and i'm sure people are like yeah we don't want to go anywhere near that place um so that i mean i i, I think some of that kind of plays in the commoners not wanting to go there obviously the mother of zelda or of, zelda, of link knowing that the great deku tree is there and is like a magical being, um, is why she brought Link there in the first place instead of like saying, "Oh, let me bring him to the Sheikah to protect him." Um, and at, at the same time, we don't know that the mother knew that Link was important, because um, we don't know who his mother is. We don't know if the mother knew that Link was who he who he is. I I doubt I doubt that. Yeah, like I think that the mother there was a war going on. And she knew there was a high likelihood she was probably going to die. And she wanted to make sure her son survived. And the war was not happening in Kokiri Forest because the commoners were not going there. The war was being fought out in Hyrule Field, Hyrule Castle, etc. So she brought her son there hoping that her son could just have sanctuary. Uh, This is a very common thing. 
Happens in real life wars too. Back in the day. I think um, even, that probably even today it probably still happens. What would be? I mean, if if you if you take a look at what at who Link is in the game, he's he's the the Deku Tree calls him the Child of Destiny at one point. Yes. Um. So. You could say that Destiny guided his mother's hand to bring him to sure. the forest sure. where he would fulfill his destiny. Um, and his mother probably didn't know that he was anything special. Like, I don't think exactly. that, that was like... why. Like, I don't think to it, me, it feels like if there's a war going on, you want to protect your children. Yeah. Um, why she was the only one to drop her child off there, I have no idea. Um, that's part of Destiny, probably. Why she figured, other people were probably thinking, oh, let's go behind the walls of Hyrule Castle. Let's go here. Let's go there. And she's like, I think the safest place is where the guy, bad guys aren't even thinking about going. Uh, so, again, a lot of Destiny stuff there. I also think that I, I do not think that Link and Zelda are brother and sister. I, I mean, it's kind of the big thing mm-hmm. you bring up. Um, I know they look the same. Similar. Uh, especially in the facial, facial features. Um which could indicate things. I also think it's a limitation of the, the graphics at the, at the time. I also think that a lot of the children I have seen in Hyrule look similar. I, so I think they just, that that's kind of the traits when they're a kid. And then as they grow up and become an adult, they look different because adult Zelda does not look like adult Link. You've got to uh, remember too, that like, they're not, they're not human. Yeah. They're Hylian. Yeah, so we don't know specific, how the genetics work. It's a specific either. race. Like, the Gerudos yeah. are a specific race. Yeah. The Kokiri are a specific race. Yeah. So, like, they may all look similar because they're from that race. Like, the Gerudos really don't have yeah. any defining traits. No, that they all look the that same. Different. Yeah, except for Ganondorf. Yeah. Because he's a guy. Yeah. He's going to have different parts that yeah. the girls yeah, yeah, don't yeah, have. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, you're, you're probably not going to see too many differentiations between them. I mean, the only reason that you really see a big one, I'd say, between Link and Zelda is because they're sure. main characters. And so Nintendo's going to yeah. make them stand Let out me, more. I'll put it this way, Shay. Um, thanks for this this really interesting question. Uh, is it possible that they're brother and sister? It is possible. We can't... The Hyrule story doesn't state otherwise. Uh, there is no definitive answer that I'm aware of out there uh, where even the, the creators have answered um, I don't that think they they're going to are it. not brother and sister. I just don't believe that they're brother and sister. I think it's more compelling if they're not brother and sister. Um, yeah, because I don't think you would figure if she was the queen of Hyrule and she was protecting the quote unquote male heir, the king would know about it. She'd also protect Zelda too. I don't think she would just drop off yeah, her son. Like, like, oh, let me protect Z- Link, but not Zelda. <laughs> that makes no sense. And then you could argue, well, maybe she was pregnant with Zelda at the time, yada yada yada. But then, okay, the king would have still known. But there's still, but you also like, there's no way in heck she would have been like, the, there's no way in heck the king would not have known he had a son, <laughs> and then just didn't know that the queen took the son. Like, and then it, just been like, oh, guess he's gone. Oh, well. Yeah, he died no more. What What? big whoop. <laughs> no statues, like, no memorials. Or... got to remember, like, and even at the end of Ocarina of Time, um, obviously Link is sent back to re-enjoy his childhood or whatever, but there's yeah, no indication work. There's no indication that Link is going to take on any sort of ruling role. Um, I just don't think they're related like that. I think they're just both Hylians, happen to be born around the same time. Uh, one's royalty, 
One was probably from a peasant. Um, and that's that's really the end of it. No, we're talking just... canon, but Nate's fan fiction is a completely different story. <laughs> but again, as I said, it can it it's possible. Um, I don't think that's the case. But it, that's that, that's the joy of fan theories, right? You know, you just kind of come up with things you think are cool and then find evidence for it. Um, so Michael surprised me on our Facebook page says uh, that Ocarina of Time Majora's Masks are overhyped because they are the debut series and entrance into the 3D realm. So, obviously, he's talking about it was the series debut into 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that applies to Ocarina of Time. I don't think it applies to Majora's Mask. So, you could you could talk a lot about whether Ocarina of Time is still a great game today, uh, whether it's overhyped, etc. Uh, I don't rank Ocarina of Time that high on my favorite Zelda game list, so I'm kind of the wrong person to talk to about this because I'm going to agree with you. Uh, it's good to get someone who disagrees with you. But Majora's Mask... Majora's Mask, for starters... Let me just get it out of the way. Majora's Mask was not popular back in the day. It's still not really as popular as some of the mainline Zelda games. Yeah. yeah. I believe when Majora's Mask released, it was the worst-selling Zelda game in the series. I'm fairly confident that if you go back and you look at all the games from The Legend of Zelda through Majora's Mask, just cutting off there, uh, on the original N64 release, that Majora's Mask was the worst selling. I, I can't. I, I'm, see, I've looked at the sales so many times, I'm pretty Don't confident. Worry. I, I'm checking them right now. Yeah. Link's Awakening might have been less. I think I think you might you might be right about Link's Awakening, but I don't think Majora's Mask sold yeah. highly enough. I think that's why they were so reluctant to make the 3D version, was because there was no reason for them to. It wasn't really yeah, like me... a highly rated game that they were like, oh man, this I'm game's got as big a fan base. I'm looking up the sales here. I'm trying to. Yeah, Majora's Mask was second to. No, it was. It sold less than Link's Awakening. Link's yeah, Awakening so, yeah. sold 3.83 million copies, and Majora's Mask sold 3.36 million. Yeah. So Majora's Mask was the worst-selling Zelda game at that time. At, so at, until that point, yeah. Yeah. So it to, to call it popular, especially because you're talking about just back in the day, like it, it people only think it's good because it was one of the first 3D Zelda. Games. That's wrong. People didn't buy the game compared to the other games. It was not popular. Um, people didn't like that. It, I, I remember back then people didn't like it wasn't in Hyrule. People didn't like it was only four dungeons. People didn't like that. The time uh, mechanic, the time people mechanic, did not like it. People hated it. People didn't mind the side quest too much, but they didn't like the time mechanic. They didn't uh, like the expansion pack. They didn't like having to get the expansion pack, which granted came with the game at the time, but they, they didn't like Cause you could, there were versions of the game like released later. that didn't have the expansion pack. But it's also released uh, north near the end of the N64's lifetime. N64's lifetime. And uh, some people honestly didn't like the idea of masks replacing items. Uh, the transformations and all stuff. like People just weren't really digging it at the time. Now, there were obviously people that loved it at the time. Uh, the founders of Zelda Informer absolutely loved Majora's Mask Day 1. Uh, but they loved it for what it is. So, like, I know, like, we had the Operation Moonfall movement. Um, a lot of stuff to get Majora's Mask 3D to happen. And... There are people that adore Majora's Mask, but I'm I think I think you could find that with any of the Zelda games. I adore Skyward Sword. There's a lot of people that don't. I adore Zelda 2. There's a lot of people that don't. But there are actually, as I'm finding out, a fair number of people that do adore Skyward Sword, that do adore Zelda 2. And there are a fair number of people that adore Majora's Mask. And 
a lot of what makes people like Majora's Mask is how different it is. All the reasons that people don't like it are generally the reasons why there are a group that love it. And you could even consider that as one of the reasons why Nintendo has been so reluctant to break the conventions of Zelda is because of how poorly that game was received. Yeah, that game broke every convention basically that existed at the yeah, time. Yeah, like that was not a conventional game for for Nintendo or for the Zelda series. Like, yeah. they all followed it was, a similar plot. And it was made in a year. Um, like, it's it just, it's very, yeah. So I, I disagree with your assessment. Um, I don't think it's overrated at all. I think it's underrated. No, overhyped. Uh, a, a lot of that hype, I think, had to do with People just wanting it to get remade because mm-hmm. it would be a really easy remake because most of the assets come from Ocarina of Time. So it would just be a really easy remake. So it got a lot of hype because people are like, well, why wouldn't you do it? It's not going to cost you hardly anything to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the hype came from. If you notice today, people aren't really talking about Majora's Mask a lot right now uh, because, hey, the game came out. Until they do like an HD version of Ocarina of Time, people aren't going to be talking about Majora's Mask. Which I guarantee you we're going to get on the NX. Someday, I don't. I hope they yeah. next, but someday, like that's the next step for for remakes is revisiting the ones they haven't done in HD yet, um, unless they decide to do the two D ones, which they could. Um, but anyways, yeah. that's a discussion for a different time. So I agree with you on Ocarina of Time that some of the hype uh, is overdone and a little overhyped, just because of what it represented at the time. Which that that should not be overlooked. That is a massive credit to Nintendo. Um, for what they were able to do at that time. Keep uh, in mind, I'll... too, though, it is the second best-selling Zelda game. Yes. The first best-selling Zelda game is Twilight Princess. Yep. So, Although, isn't it the best-selling single platform? Ocarina of Time? Yeah, I think it outsold the Wii version of... By like... yeah, it, did, it did, it not by much, by like 300,000. Yeah, no, not so... even... Yeah, by about 300,000 copies. Yeah. So it is the best single-platform selling game. Barely. But overall, yeah. it sold well, better on the... on the or sure. Twilight Princess is a better seller. But still, I agree that... Although, then time, again, you can include the 3DS version in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you gotta include Twilight Princess HD. But even then, you still don't... Yeah. But I I would agree that Ocarina of Time is overhyped and is, is you know... Sure. People will say that that's by, by the, the epitome way, of gaming. and Like... Ocarina of Time, Ocarina of Time, however you pronounce it, it, while I rank it low on my favorite Zelda game list, um, I have a lot of respect for that game. Uh, Ocarina of Time is the reason I am here doing a Zelda podcast. I started my fan site after I beat Ocarina of Time. Zelda Domain, back in 1998, started after I beat Ocarina of Time. So like, it was a large inspiration for me to, hey, go out there, see what fan sites exist, and realize, hey, I think a site like this doesn't exist yet. Let me go out and do it and have fun and show my love of the game, and love of the series. So, I, I, Ocarina of Time holds a very special place in my heart. I just don't, in the stuff in it, I just feel like a lot of games have done better. And for its time period, I think back in 1998, it was one of the greatest games to come out at that time. I just think the Zelda series has done everything Ocarina of Time has done and done it better over and over and over again. Well, I think it, if you look at, like, um, I'll say... Just from a game perspective, by the way. I'm not talking about, like, in terms of impact. Well, Ocarina no, of Time's impact is uh, is basically unmatched. Well, if you look um, at, like, any hopefully classic... Hopefully Breath of the Wild. Any happen. classic movie, and you look back on it, it it's probably, like, it's, it was a masterpiece. Sure. 
like okay this is probably i don't know if anybody really cares but ben hur the original ben hur was a masterpiece any cecil uh b demille film is a considerable masterpiece sure a lot of people would say that they don't hold up and you know they they the, the special effects certainly don't you don't look at like a 1930s 1940s movie or before then like anytime in the early <laughs> 1900s and be like man that's so- certainly better than anything we have right now um and so for what it did in its time period it was great um it was a game changer for lack of sure. a better no no pun intended yeah um I do think it is over. I still I love Ocarina of Time not as much as Majora's Mask. Sure. Um, I think Majora's Mask is underrated. I don't think it gets nearly the love that it deserves. Yeah. Um, especially the 3D version. They improved upon so many things that people complained about in the original version. Yeah, it kind of came out and then people stopped talking about it. Yeah, pretty much. And that I could see why they it didn't sell as well yeah. as they would have hoped. And Ocarina of Time 3D is still talked about today. Yeah. Like uh, that that game's still selling. Like yeah. they still have that on their selects list. Sure, sure. And that, um, that game's seen a lot. So see if we can get through the last few topics here. I'm gonna save one for the end. Um, so Josh Hol- Holzina or Holz, I can't pronounce it from our Facebook page, uh, said if Link is a reincarnation of the goddess's hero, I think you mean the hero spirit. Uh, then how are there two of them at the same time, um, in Breath of the Wild with Link and also the Wolf Link Amiibo. I think the Wolf Link Amiibo is irrelevant to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with continuity. I think it, I think it, I think it's just to to give an Amiibo functionality. Um, I think it's more like a, an item. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, Wolf Link is like canon. That's Link from Twilight Princess. Uh, but. The, there could be an explanation for it, just like a Twilight Princess. Technically, there's two Links in Twilight Princess. Uh, there's the Hero Shade, and then there's Link, and they're both versions of. So like, there could be some subtext explanation, like the Wolf Link isn't a real Wolf Link; it's uh, like a, a spirit of the Wolf Link, or uh, it could be that Breath of the Wild is on a different timeline than Twilight Princess. So like, it's just. Like using a time mechanic to bring over someone on a parallel timeline, uh, there could be explanations for it. I think it's just Wolf Link amiibo functionality. They they knew they wanted to do some sort of amiibo with Twilight Princess HD and have it work with uh, Breath of the Wild, and they just said this would be kind of cool. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think there's a significant plot yeah. device for the Wolf Link in the yeah. game. I mean, I think... I, I understand. Like it, it it is a plot hole because it exists. You have two links in the game. It's 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 a plot hole. I don't know if you pay attention. Zelda is full of plot holes. <laughs> so the entire just, timeline is a plot hole. This is just another, like this is a big plot hole, but like, this is just another plot hole to throw onto the pile. Nintendo doesn't care. They just want the game to be fun. And it so far it's pretty fun. Um, Daniel Cunningham, just a simple question. Gorons or Zoras? Uh, okay. I I can't answer this the way I want to. Because you want to be one? No. <laughs> I can't answer this the way I want to. Um, with the reasoning I want to. Why not? Just just don't ask. Don't ask, don't oh. tell. Um, Do you have a fetish that I need to be aware of? No. Okay. 
Well, I'm trying to think of things that would be inappropriate to bring. Giant up. rock people, man. That's that's what gets me going. Maybe you like the wetness of the Zoras. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, so trying to keep it PG still. So, something to do with fish. Do you, do you like fishing a lot? Oh, anyways. No, no. Um, I don't know. Part of me is like, you know, if you really like the Gorons are really cool, but if you really think about it, they were quite worthless. In I mean, both of them were really worthless. Like, I was gonna say, did a good job at protecting their domains. Um, I'm gonna say Kokiris. <laughs> Look at that! I'll give you, I'll give you an answer. I'm going Gorons. Uh, the Zoras are cool. Uh, the Zoras have also had a canon evolution. The Gorons have just, from what we're aware, have always been there. Well. They weren't always, always looking the same. The very first game of the series has Gorons in it. They don't look a whole heck of a lot different from Gorons later in the series. Um, there are Gorons I, uh, in the Wind Waker. Mm, yes, they're the, yes, they're the merchants. Yes, so there's Gorons in the Wind Waker. So somehow, things that live in mountains survive a flood. Things that live in water don't survive a flood and have to evolve. Um. But is it okay? But to be fair, though, like the Perella is... became the Zoras, and the, like that could be a reason you like them because they adapt. Well, there is a theory but... that the Zoras became the Ritos. Yeah, that was, I think that's been confirmed. So, so they did evolve into flying birds. Yes, I so, just said that could be a reason that you like Zoras. That 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 would be my reasoning. I'm gonna say Zoras I like is Gorons because evolutionary wise, they're survivors, baby. <laughs> survivors they don't care oh you took away my volcano i don't need it dude i live on rocks as long as I, <laughs> there's rocks somewhere man i am golden okay I mean, unless, you, it's, unless it's the rock blocking the entrance apparently we yeah. don't eat that rock you, you say that and then there's like all the rocks <laughs> surrounding their camp that they won't go eat because there's a rock blocking the entrance to they're, their they're, they're, rock. They're, they're picky they're picky <laughs> at, at that point they have been spoiled for so long with the premium rocks with the right minerals and now they're like, oh, we got to go back to eating the ones made of mostly dirt. Ugh. Yeah, but like if you think about it, like the Zoras are freaking awesome. They've got a band, okay? They do have they a have, band. They have a band, and they're a pretty freaking awesome in an, band. In an alternate dimension. In an alternate dimension where they ride on the back of a turtle. Okay? <laughs> I could not make this stuff up. But they have but a this band. Is, they have a band, and they perform hey. in a milk bar. Hey, okay? I was a drummer. Gorons were drummers. There, there's my connection. The Gorons are also guitarists, and I'm a guitarist, so... The Gorons are guitarists? This or is not guitarist Goron. Zoras. Zoras. Zoras guitarists. There you go. So, well, then again, you went Kokiri, so you get out of this I, conversation. I said afterwards I go Zora. <laughs> okay. There you go. Zora apparently is his spirit. Gorons are mine. Um, yes. So, very last question. And obviously this podcast has gone a little longer than I planned, but hey, we had some good <laughs> some good talking going on. Uh, Patricio Hellthrunhair. I know I totally butchered that. Uh, they just ask, why is Skyward Sword actually a good game? Well, first up, Alfred, do you think it's a good game? Yeah. And I actually I kind of wrote an article about some of the plot in that game. Was it that one or was it a different one? It was it was the love story in uh, Twilight Princess and I think maybe Skyward Sword. Sure. I, I think you did some, some love story comparison. I think you did. Uh, if it was Skyward Sword, then I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, well, he's doing that. So, I love Skyward Sword. It is in 
I believe it is in my top five games. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, it, my top five games seems to always change. I do it off the top of my head, but when I write it down, it stays the same. And we are actually doing a poll or a, a voting thing right now with all the staff at Zell Informer uh, so we can compile our current um, listing of every Zelda game that's ever been released, including the uh, CDI games and all the side games, uh, Game & Watch, Tingle Games, etc. We're ranking everything. All, throwing it all in a giant pile and ranking it all. And uh, let me see. For me, yeah, I had Skyward Sword as my number two. I figured I would know that. But um, Skyward Sword, I love Skyward Sword. Uh, there's a lot I could talk about. I like about it, like the art direction. But I'm going to focus on probably my primary reason why I love it. The combat. It's the reason that a lot of people dislike it. I love the combat. I think Skyward Sword's combat is the best combat the Zelda series has ever had. And probably ever will have. And I love what they've done with Breath of the Wild. It's still not as good as Skyward Sword. And that's because I love the motion controls. I followed the instructions. I did exactly <laughs> what they told me to do. Well, it can be annoying, waving your arm. It but it works. It works. It works the way the game tells you to do it. It functions. Um, you can get lazy and do wrist flicks, but... If that happens, don't be surprised if it's not as responsive because the game doesn't tell you to do wrist flicks. So, like, you know, if you're pointing your Wiimote at the screen to shoot your bow, that's not how it works. That's not a broken game. Sorry, Tom McShay. Um, so Skyward Sword's combat, to me, is brilliant. My favorite combat experiences are in that game. Um, it's really kind of cool how they kind of Hyrule Warriors, before Hyrule Warriors happened towards the end, a little bit of a spoiler where you're, just swiping through Boca Blends. It's awesome. That was probably the best part um, of that game. You know, whenever there's been a complaint, oh, they don't put enough, they don't find enough enemies at once, um, just play Skyward Sword and get to the end. Um, yeah, you fight a ton of enemies. It's awesome. And, it, you know, I, I, I loved all the sword combat with uh, going up against Girahim. Uh Some of my favorite matches, uh, and I call them matches because the combat in the game felt more organic than it's felt in other games i basically mash, mash a button and win in this game i have to like read and dodge and parry um and hit open areas on a person like you do in real sword fighting and uh real sword fighting believe it or not isn't just flail your arm around and you win what that's what most of the games are <laughs> i mean they, they the animations look better but you're basically just spamming you're basically just wildly swinging and, and always winning um this game required skill. And unfortunately, any game that requires skill also means that there's people who don't like it because they don't have the skill. Um, and that's wow. kind of what worked against Skyward Sword. Is that people that either didn't want to play the game the way the game told you to because they wanted to be lazy. People who wanted it to be waggle. People who wanted it to be button presses. There's a lot of people liked Zelda the way it was so they weren't going to like Skyward Sword's controls. Um, I loved it. I wish that more people loved it too. So that could have been the future of the Zelda series and that breath of the wild. The only improvement I have for breath of the wild so far is motion controls. It's not going to happen, but I would love it. That is the primary reason why I love Skyward Sword so much. That singular reason, best combat to me in the series. The only combat I think that is slightly better is Zelda two, but Again, that, that took a lot of skill too, though. That, again, that's a high, high skill combat system. And 
Yeah. I mean, if you can't tell, I like skill in my combat. Well, that's that's of... even more so than Skyward Sword, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, um, Zelda Two is also my number one game, so like, yeah. I guess it, I guess you can kind of tell I love combat in Zelda. So there you go. That's why um, I think it's so good. I my the reason why I really like Skyward Sword was because of the story. Now I know a lot of people didn't like the story because what for whatever reason. High School um, Musical. <clears throat> I I enjoyed it. I really liked um, seeing characters progress. Groose. Um, yeah. Like, you want to talk about it? The first time you actually see character progression in a, a mainline Zelda or mainline Nintendo game, um, it's there. Like, goes from being the pompous jerk to somebody who cares about his friends. Um, sure. Groose is a great character. Very three-dimensional. Um, and the story in it was just great. Like... You the you actually awesome. have you have a reasoning for where Ganondorf came from. You have a reasoning for why Link and Zelda keep getting reincarnated. You have a reasoning for um, how Hyrule was started. Um, you learn about the sealing, the imprisoning war. You learn about so much stuff. You hear you, you get to explore different parts of Hyrule um, that hadn't been created yet, that you hadn't seen yet, like unsettled sure. parts. There's just so much lore to that game, and, and in a way that we've never seen before, and probably um, can only be topped by what we're going to see in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, and you know, there were I, there were different characters, like we're talking about. Uh, oh, what was what was his name? The uh, Fledge, the guy that okay, trains yep. to be to be like Link. Like you see characters yeah. like that. Um, that. Zelda herself even had some progression. Yeah, that the progress, or, or even uh, like her acceptance Impa. of who she actually is, or Impa accepting Link, or you know, you could even fight for Link oh, accepting and, who he is, and like you get to see Impa when she's older. Yeah, there, there's so much in that game that's just overlooked yeah. because people are like, "Oh, I don't like the gameplay." Oh, uh, like, the areas are blocked off. Eh. It's like the story's amazing. The art direction, I thought the art direction oh, was art beautiful. Art direction was awesome. Um. This, the my the only complaint I have for that game is the bland sky. Like that's <laughs> oh, that was it was such a cop out. I, I know that they probably did it because of the limitations of that of the console. Yeah. Um because you'll be up <laughs> you'll be up in uh up in the sky flying around and it, it it's pretty boring up there. Well the draw and distance is really small. The draw distance sucks, which again that's a Wii yeah game but like you look you know you look down and everything's blocked off by clouds and then you go down to the surface and it's clear blue sky yeah <laughs> and you're like what continue the, like that 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 bogged me about the game but again uh, as i said a lot of its limitations of the system doesn't yeah. take away from me how awesome scabbard sword is again that's no. i i don't it's not a plot hole but it's a, it's a uh, i can never say it, a continuity issue. continuity continuity yeah there you go I always it's, that's my only up. problem with the game is that yeah. is is just the sky and even the oh my gosh the final boss oh the the fight the sword fight with demise was freaking awesome it was epic i okay. um okay so at the time i wasn't live streaming the game uh because it the well we had too we had, there was a lot of restrictions on how much we could live stream <laughs> Um, and this is back in 2011, so uh, live streaming still wasn't nearly as big as it is today. 
Um, so I, I couldn't really live stream it, but what I was doing was a live blog. Uh, there was this, I forget what software it was, but I was using this live blogging software in Zelda Informer, and there was like hundreds of people in there. Um, and I was just kind of giving them updates as I go. Like, oh, hey, I, did, I experienced this really cool thing in this province. You know, I looked at my NDA, so I knew what I could talk about, what I couldn't. People were asking me all these questions as I'm playing. And um, it just, I totally forgot where I was going with that now. The demise fight. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> um, so as, as I'm going through, I, I didn't die in Skyward Sword until demise um and you can take that for what you will game too easy whatever you want to think um i'm pretty good at zelda games i'm just throwing that out there when zelda 2 is your favorite game you're probably pretty good at the zelda series and i'm not saying i'm perfect i die in zelda 2 all the time but <laughs> uh compared because i like zelda 2 all the other games do feel relatively easy and demise the first time i fought him Spoiler warning, when you fight him, you can actually Skyward Strike and capture the lightning. lightning. I didn't know that. because Neither did I. I am playing a press copy of the game before the game comes out. There is no guides. There's no information. You don't know anything. Um, And not that I would have looked up anything before the fight anyways. But the first time I fight him, I'm just shield blocking and like trying to fight him back and it felt intense because it felt like a chess match i had to not miss a shield block or i'm probably gonna die yeah and i died and it made the fight that much more intense to me come to find out you can back off you can use your scarver strikes you can do lightning like you could actually avoid getting in and like up close and personal combat with him if you want um but even to this day when i fight demise i still get up in his face because to me i think that's the way they intended the game to, to, be, to end is a sword duel a classic not, sword duel not with using, a net yeah not with a net <laughs> uh, fishing pole and twilight princess <laughs> um so yes there are other ways to beat him but those other ways make him almost too easy now i do think i do i do feel that you should be able to progress the way he progresses so when he grabs that lightning and throws it at you to me that says i can grab lightning and throw it at you then it's okay now um, and that's just the way I, I approach that fight. Cause I didn't know how to do it the first time. And that was just that I'll, I'll never be able to replace my feeling after I died in that fight. I'm like, I go on that live blog and I'm like, I just died on the final fight in the game. First death. And people were like, wait a second. What? You were cruising and you just died to the final boss. Like, how does that happen? Like that doesn't happen. Like it's all the games you get to the final. By the time you get to the final boss, you know what you're doing. Like is this a Zelda two situation where you get to the final boss and he just kicks your ass, unless you do the crouch in the corner technique, and then, like all the speculation about how could he die and just like, yeah. One, I didn't obviously realize the easier mechanics you could use for the fight, but two, man, that guy came at me with a sword. I thought I'm going one on one, baby. Why would I back off and skyward strike? Forget that. Let's do it. Well, like, um, that's the same thing. Like, the game had fights like that. Like, when you fought uh, the pi- on the pirate ships. Um, and just a fun note. Um, I didn't use Skyward Strike that much in the game my first time through. Um, not because it didn't function and didn't work. I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like I needed it, I guess. I combat well, kinda, felt more fun broke, without it. It broke the combat for a second because you yeah, had to combat stop felt, Yeah, and combat felt too almost too easy with it. Um I, I'm glad that, like, the sword beam came back, but, like, no one could block the sword beam. 
and so it just kind of felt overpowered so i didn't use it that much <laughs> but hey some people some people want overpoweredness so more more, more power to you yeah literally <laughs> but you got, got anything else to say about skyward sword great game anybody that says differently awesome. quickly now stop. quickly what is your favorite thing that happened in the last week we're not going to discuss it just tell me anything anything uh, something 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 no man's sky came out <laughs> finally I haven't bought it yet because it's not up for PC. But haven't bought it's out it yet for either, but PS4. finally. Finally. Been waiting a long time for that game. It's gotten great reviews. I have no reason it to feels, think. It feels like Breath of the Wild in terms of the weight. Yeah. It feels it's like Last Guardian in terms of the weight. At least it... Uh, I don't know about the quite Last Guardian. <laughs> but it's... I'm glad that it wasn't a Doom situation. Wait for... Or Duke Nukem. Sorry. Wait forever. Finally get it. It's nothing. Sucks. Yeah, but apparently a lot of people love it. Uh, my favorite thing of the past week. See, last week I said it was Nintendo Prime, so I can't cop out this time. Say Nintendo Prime. <laughs> so I will say my favorite thing in the past week is I don't have anything. Oh, that's sad. I really, I really, I, I, I got a, a big, like, I'm trying to think of all the news. Say No Man's Sky of, and just get it over with. Of video <laughs> games. Um, maybe my realization. No, no, no. Here we go. My favorite thing this past week had nothing to do with anything that happened this past week. It had to do with uh, me finally having the courage to look up changes in the upcoming Madden game. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you play Madden? Oh, man, you're not a real gamer. It's a great, like, great impersonation a- of people. Like, I'm a sports fan. I love sports games. I love Madden. I've played it every year. Yes, I agree, for those who are purists, that um, NFL 2K5 was where it's at. But, hey, there's no more of those games anymore. So, Madden's all we get. And I play a lot of franchise mode, and they're making a lot of changes to franchise mode. And I avoided looking it up, avoiding looking it up. And finally, this week, I looked it up. I love what they're doing in the franchise mode. Finally, practice squad, it's a thing. Thank God. Oh. Although I'm gonna put good players on my practice squad, and people are gonna jack them from me. But whatever. Oh, also, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Also, best thing in gaming was Lucio Bowl added to Overwatch. <laughs> that was <laughs> that's an interesting game. So don't be surprised. Let me see. I think it comes out. Don't be surprised if on the last podcast of the month, if my favorite thing of the past week is Madden came out because it's going to be, unless unless NX. Like, gets announced, obviously. But, yeah. So, yeah. Madden. I love Madden. Go ahead and hate. All right. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. <laughs> Two people, and we're already at one hour and 47 minutes. <laughs> I, I let the news section go long. Yeah. I, 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 planned to, I was like, hey, guys, let's cut everything short and just just like, just like talk about news for an hour. And I'm like, yeah. we got got some good fan topics so thank you everyone for listening to the podcast extra long just two people i hope we weren't boring you too much uh thanks for sticking with us uh you can follow me at nate chance on twitter alfred's is something 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 alfie it's it's full metal alfie (laughs) full metal alfie i always get that confused with my instagram name (laughs) yep and you can uh obviously follow zelda informer at zelda informer that we're zelda informer every social media place you can think of uh, check us out zelleforward.com thanks for listening to this podcast uh, I am going to do it probably for the last time because I have a meeting with my boss tomorrow who's probably going to be like oh, you can't talk about Nintendo Prime anymore <laughs> um, 
yeah, go check out Nintendo Prime. I, I'm there every day giving the latest Nintendo news, original editorials, and eventually the Nintendo Prime podcast. Uh, where we talk about a heck of a lot more Nintendo stuff. Like there, there was a whole bunch of Pokemon stuff that happened that we're not going to talk about here on the Zone 4 podcast. Pokemon, Pokemon, um, Pokemon. So just like, just to give you an example of something that we would talk about that's not on this one. Um, when I say we, it's mostly just me. I'm the only person that's part of that podcast at the moment. It doesn't exist. That's why. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Same, same time. Same bat sa- channel. Same place. Same host. Hopefully more people. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, folks.